Welcome to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Delenia Agresta, and I am a weight-inclusive registered dietitian. I started this podcast to help people like you heal their relationship with their bodies and food. Each week, there is a new episode that talks about different topics surrounding eating disorder recovery, diet culture, weight inclusivity, and more. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. This is your host, Eleni, and as always, I am so honored to have you here with me today. Today, we have a special returning guest who has been on this podcast before, Dr. Lisa Folden. Um, She is a licensed physical therapist, and she also does a lot of work in this anti-diet, weight-inclusive space, and it's always so wonderful to have her here on the podcast. I know you guys love her. Um, If you aren't already following her on social media, please go and give her a follow on Instagram. Her handle is linked in the show notes, as well as all about her and her program and other ways to get in touch with her. So stay tuned for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you later. Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa, for coming on the podcast. We are so excited to have you back. And by we, we mean myself. Um, Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I always love talking to you. I know. So do I. I can't believe I think I think it's been like almost two years since since you were on. That sounds right. But gosh, I know I'm aging myself. (laughs) A lot has happened in two years. So this will be good. I'm excited. So um, if for for any new listeners or someone who maybe didn't catch the previous podcast, if you can give us a little bit about you and the work that you do both, you know, in person and virtually. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a licensed physical therapist by trade. That's what I've been doing for 16 years. Um, but a few years ago, I made a transition in my uh, personal life and in my professional life. And so now I uh, consider myself a weight inclusive physical therapist. And I work primarily with people in large bodies, but just in diverse bodies. And I also uh, particularly work with people in eating disorder recovery. In addition to the physical therapy side of my business, I am an anti-diet health movement and body image coach. So I help people virtually and in person. I have a few local people that like to come into the office. And so I help people make peace with their bodies and um, understand and uh figure out how to incorporate joyful movement into their lives and, you know, make strides toward improving their health, whatever that looks like for them outside of the confines of like toxic diet culture. So super passionate, love what I do and excited that I get to do it with people all over the world and people right here locally in North Carolina. I love that so much. And I'm always so grateful to have people from like different medical health backgrounds in this Mm -hmm. space because you bring such a unique perspective um not only from your own personal experience which we talked about that in in our previous episode together so I'll have that linked in the show notes so if anyone hasn't listened to it to catch up Mm because it's a great episode and you learn a lot about Dr. Lisa in that episode which I think is important getting to know the practitioner and you know where they're coming from um but especially in terms of like the physical body and I love that you talked about joyful movement. I was actually thinking about that today. So maybe you can break down like to you and like for you as a physical therapist and just as a human, what does joyful movement actually mean? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So joyful movement, I mean, it's obviously some of what it sounds like, movement that, you know, incites some joy, but it looks different for everyone. Um, so when I'm working with clients, I try to help them think about things that that bring them some happiness or things where maybe it requires movement and it also happens to make you smile or happy. And so that requires us to kind of step outside of the confines of like traditional fitness and exercise and going to the gym and really reframe our exercise into, you know, this idea or this concept of joyful movement. And so the reason we have to do that is because for so many of us, I know for me, most of us, our introduction to exercise is for the purpose of changing our bodies. So we pick activities based on what we've seen on TV or online or what someone has told us will maximize our calorie burn or make our bodies look like this person or help us shed these extra pounds. And so we don't even have like a, a good relationship. Sometimes we're like, we want to restore a positive relationship with movement, but most of us have never even had it. So the construct under like what we know exercise to be for most of us and most of my clients is negative or about shame or guilt or changing something about yourself. So joyful movement is so important because I want people to have a positive relationship with their bodies and with moving their bodies. And for so many people, that doesn't seem accessible. And it is harder, you know, certain groups have way more challenges, you know, accessing movement, but it's important to start to um, identify with yourself and what things bring you joy, what things make you happy and just happen to require some movement. And so I'd like to start there and build upon that as we get, you know, more uh, comfortable with ourselves and more embodied, if you will, and knowing what feels good to us and what doesn't. I love that so much. And, you know, I was at the gym today and it was a leg day, which is usually one of mm -hmm. my favorites. It is, it was my favorite. Um, <laughs> And I'm like starting, like my goal is to like, you know, lift heavier weights. So today was like yeah. the lift day. And you know, I added on, it was only 20 pounds, but like, you know, whatever. That's so a it, lot. Was, <laughs> it was a tough, let me tell you, I was pushing myself through those sets. And so I was thinking yeah. to myself, when people think of joyful movement, it doesn't mean like we're frolicking through the meadow with smiles <laughs> on our face and the sun shining down on us. No, it in the moment, it may not feel joyful but like exactly it made me feel it makes me feel so good and strong mm -hmm. afterwards like after the set or you know when I leave the gym and, and I enjoy the actual act of it even if it's not always like the easiest and I think yeah that might be something that people may not understand because they're like well how can I find joy in movement if I hate moving my body which is something a lot of people they do experience. Yeah. I mean I myself never loved any type of movement for most of my life because I was only taught that I like had to go to the gym yeah because I had to lose weight and like mm -hmm. I was literally forced to do so my family never like no one ever played sports no one right. ever was like let's take a family walk or like let's do a family like I that concept to me is still foreign yeah yeah that makes sense so finding something that I love, like weightlifting or yoga, like took me a really long time mm -hmm. to kind of find. And so I think for anyone who's listening, like you may be like on one, one end of the spectrum where like movement seems like terrible to you. And then you may be um, on an, on another end of the spectrum where it's like, you're only moving your body, like you said, to like burn mm -hmm. calories. Right. Um, and I think part of 
the problem well there's many problems with that as if you guys are listening <laughs> to this podcast if you follow either myself or dr lisa like there's many reasons if you're only moving your body to burn calories um but I, it takes away like the point of it it absolutely does and that's the thing i think finding that gray area and you're right i'm so glad you said that yeah joy doesn't necessarily look like skipping along you know yeah. smiling but you experience joy in different ways and if feeling stronger makes you feel good. You know, it, it's a positive feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's different. There's an icky feeling that goes along with being in that gym deadlifting if you don't actually like it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or you're doing it just for the purpose of like, I got to get my, my butt to look like hers or I got to burn this many calories because I ate this. Mm. It's a very different feeling. So backtracking and getting back to that why is crucial, you know, for really experiencing, ever experiencing any kind of joyful movement. Agreed, 100%. Um, and so in terms of, a, we were talking about this before we started recording, I think a popular topic that we're still talking about, I'm still talking about, social media is still talking about are these quote unquote wondrous miracle weight loss medications, which mm. by the way, only one of them is approved for weight loss. And that's not even the one that people are really going on, which is Wegovy. Um, apparently yeah. there's a shortage and no one could even get it. Um, wow. It's so funny that there's a shortage because literally it's like a fake shortage. Like everything's fake with these things. The pharmaceutical <laughs> companies are like, let's, let's drive up the Just price. Create so some demand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, if you guys have been listening, I have spoken about, you know, the weight loss medications that people are being put on and, and they're, coming on and one of my main issues right now that I think is so dangerous is the platform of social media specifically TikTok um I cannot tell you how many times a day if I'm on the app do I scroll upon a live that's like someone who's like I've lost and they have it like written in their background I've lost x amount of pounds and this is my dosage and this is and then they're giving advice <laughs> like they are medical professionals now. It's scary. I left TikTok. I didn't tell you that, girl. Oh, I left. you did. I, I couldn't do it. Instagram is enough for me. It's a lot. I, can't I do don't. It. I can't. I really don't use it very free. I mean, I'm usually on there for like book talk because I'm like a big a big reading girly. Um, nice. But but you know, I do follow like a bunch of you know weight inclusive people there. On yeah. TikTok. But and and somehow the algorithm keeps these these things keep getting pushed even though I can't sure. like report it as like inappropriate or offensive mm -hmm. um and it's just it's so scary so for like the general public like all they hear is like this medication is like a miracle and it helped me lose x amount of pounds and like something I want to reiterate to people is like first of all we are not saying from any capacity that like you're not a good person if you are on this medication if you've thought about yeah. being on this medication our world is very fat phobic and terrible especially towards individuals who live in larger size bodies and mm -hmm. wanting to be in a smaller size body isn't something that magically goes away no no I have nothing but compassion for people especially people in large bodies who want to be in smaller bodies and people you know in small bodies who want to remain in small bodies because we all know the truth living in this mm -hmm. world in a large body is harder because the world is cruel and we have been brainwashed, you know, by diet culture and capitalism and all the other things to believe that 
you know, fat equals lack of health equals lack of success equals, you know, lack of all good things. So yeah, I don't, when I am criticizing, you know, diets mm -hmm. and medications and procedures, I am, I am criticizing those things, never the people, because the people like, they're just like you and I, yep. I, I still struggle with wanting to be smaller and I coach people, <laughs> you know, every day. Yeah. So absolutely nothing wrong with that mentality. I, if you don't want to be smaller, you're a unicorn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're wow, how enlightened because most of yeah. us do. So I totally agree with you there. And you made such a good point. Like the world is not set up for individuals who live in larger size bodies. Like when I was just at the gym, um, some of the machines are really close together and I gotta squeeze my tush through there. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm like considered on a smaller end of the fat spectrum. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine how someone who is larger than me, how unwelcoming it is. Like, I think I've just kind of like accepted it. Like, oh, you know, whatever it is, what it yeah. is. Um, But to someone else, like it could be very discouraging. And that's why even just finding joyful movement can be so difficult for people because these yeah. classes, soul cycle, bar fit, pure, whatever, pure bar, all of them are so fat phobic and like not welcoming and and it's yeah. not even that that the people running these classes intend to be messed up they don't it's just inherently a messed up they're taught like literally yeah. trainers no offense to them there are many personal trainers who are fan fantastic at what they do but they're yeah. literally taught to say look at you if they think you're fat yeah. oh let me let me try to talk to you let me yeah. approach you um, <laughs> let me see if I can give you some tips to get rid of this because again we believe that fat equals bad and equals the, the absence of health and so you know when I was living in diet culture I looked at it as an act of compassion and kindness to try to help someone who was in a large body <laughs> you know it's like oh let me help you so that you can be healthier and live longer but you know that that was never what it was and once i learned that it was like oh, i had to apologize like i did an apology mm -hmm. to her because you know you, you we judge people because of what we were taught and what we believed and so you know when you know better ideally you do better so that's mm -hmm. that's the focus of my work now of course and like you were literally taught in school yeah to to yes. treat patients in this manner not mm -hmm. in a mean manner not intentionally mean but like same thing for me one of the um what is it called it's like a a nutrition related diagnosis is mm -hmm. overweight slash obese related to yeah. increased energy intake or you know whatever as evidenced by bmi over like literally in the hospital yeah. typing away and this is what i was doing now i haven't worked in the hospital in many years now but that's how it's still taught. There's literally classes yeah. that are taught. I took graduate level courses in adult weight management, childhood weight, weight management, mm -hmm. and it's still being projected, you know, consistently. And so these, these healthcare providers, you know, on one hand, I can't fault them because that's how you're being taught. But on the other yeah. hand, you and I both came to a conclusion, like this is not helping. This is hurting people. This is excluding people. So, you know, other healthcare providers should kind of come to the same conclusion if they have like half of a brain, which Absolutely. unfortunately <laughs> I can't always guarantee that that's the case. Um, uh, and I think something that 
if regardless of if you're doing like a weight loss medication, a weight loss surgery, or just like a crazy diet is, is the rapid weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. So from a physical perspective, um, how does that impact the body? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, some of the things that we know, right, like just the, the toll on the cardiovascular system, like our hearts get tired from that, especially because I'm going to, you know, hypothesize here in most cases, mm-hmm. people who are going on these medications and or having surgery have probably tried dieting, right? Because usually that's what they suggest first. That's the first line of defense. And so what what you've probably experienced is a loss of weight and a gaining of weight, loss of weight gain. So that yo-yoing over time really weakens the heart. And so, you know, the studies show, I mean, I think it's like double the risk of dying from cardiovascular related issues from that gaining and losing of weight. And I think that when people go on these medications or have surgery, they assume maybe Mm -hmm. that they're putting an end to that cycle, right? Like this is going to be it. I'm going to lose the weight and keep it off. And unfortunately we're seeing that's not the case. Perhaps you have the weight off longer. I don't really know what the weight loss medications, you know, what the studies are going to show with that yet, Mm because it's still a lot of it is so new, but with the surgery, you know, we were talking about it before we were recording, like people gain that weight back and then, and then you're on to the next thing to try to lose it. So really a stress to the heart, but the other stuff um, that we see specifically in women, especially uh, like a lack of bone density, um, you have people that develop like chronic medical conditions, you know, like out of the blue because of like not giving the body enough or the body not being able to absorb enough, specifically with weight loss surgeries, your absorption of nutrients goes Mm -hmm. down so far. So now you're talking about, that's why, you know, there's issues with bone density, dental health. People don't even think about that. It's not my area of expertise, but I see it, but there is a serious loss. Your body starts to, in some way, shut down because it is not getting the things that it needs. And so then we see a lot of, um, in my, in my field, a lot of changes to your muscular, you know, your musculoskeletal system. So you have like less muscles, like you're, you're protein deficient and you don't have the muscle, you know, bulk that you did before. And if you're a woman, and your bone density naturally decreases as we age anyway, you don't want to lose your muscle tissue and have, you know, decreased bone density in the name of being thin. Look, and happen to be thin and not have cushion because the next thing you bump into or the next time you trip and fall and things break, it's a whole different trajectory as far as your health and recovery goes when your body isn't giving getting the nourishment that it needs so we see tons of things and and a part of you know working with people in eating disorder recovery the crazy thing what we're seeing from like this like yo-yoing it's the like it's the it's the they're two separate groups of people technically maybe not technically but we're seeing the same physical problems so the overuse injuries, the lack of mus- muscle tissue, the fatigue, we talked about anemia, the lack of bone density, so many things. And really, we're just making ourselves less healthy. So what is the whole point again? Yeah, exactly. It's just sad. Um, and I think, you know, there are people out there who are in this, not in this space, but in like the health space that like say like well you know maybe the good outweighs the bad but it's like at what to what quality of life like if you are so depleted that your your bones are more fragile 
how is the aging process going to look? And like you said there, I, I haven't found a study that has shown longer than three years right. of this, of these medications. Um, and I think what, what does that mean for the long term? What does that mean being on this medication? Cause you, if you're on this medication, you have to stay on it forever. Absolutely. There's and when you no- have weight loss surgery, there's medications you have to be on forever. 100%. So and side effects and all kinds of things. So what are what are we saying? We are saying, you know, as healthcare professionals, you know, at large, it's worth a poor quality of life, potential death, medical side effects to look smaller, to be smaller. It's like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it doesn't like, make sense. Like we know so like so so we're saying like I've said I'm sure you've said like health improving behaviors right and and just because you engage in those health improving behaviors doesn't mean that we're all we are all going to have the same outcome because there are aspects of our health that are not within our control absolutely and so um I don't see how it's healthy to not eat all day I don't see how it's healthy to not have the energy because you're literally consuming so little that you can't move your body um, I don't see how it's healthy to avoid higher fiber v- foods, fruits, vegetables, mm-hmm. whole grains, because when you're on this medication, it slows your gastric emptying. So mm-hmm. I believe someone said that they had something in their stomach from like two, two or three days ago. And like th- they were having some sort of gastrointestinal problem and they were in the ER and they were saying how like there was really old ass food in their stomach. And I just don't oh, wow. see how that makes sense. Um, And so, you know, there are many ways that you can start to improve your health without focusing on the numbers. And Mm -hmm. I think that us literally bagging this into everyone's head is so important because I want everyone to reevaluate what habits they're engaging in now. Like you may be engaging Mm -hmm. in some habits. Um, You may be engaging in none of these habits, such as like stress management Mm-hmm. adequate sleep adequate hydration yep those are three things in itself that can help you with blood pressure that can yep. help you with um having more energy right when you're actually and and something that I explained to my clients is it doesn't mean that you get like a good night's sleep for two days All right <laughs> like you have extended <laughs> amount of time of adequate sleep yes. um and so um, I think it would be cool to transition now into your new program that you're launching. I think it's a six-week program, yeah, which is exciting, which is perfect before we get into Diet Culture Central, which is the <laughs> pre-holiday season. So pre-holiday. All of us like weight-inclusive practitioners are gearing up, getting <laughs> ready for the fun. The fun, right? All of the... um the nasty recipes we'll see going around you know what flour mac and cheese I, or <laughs> I was looking up some recipes um on pinterest and i had like my old pinterest boards and i was like let me just look at them and they were this was from like maybe 2014 um 2015 this was like in the height of where my disordered eating was mm. um and I had all those like cauliflower mash casserole yeah. and like low carb this and low carb that. And I'm like, I don't even know how to delete it. Right. <laughs> so I just made a new, I'm too old for that. I just made a new board with new recipes, but it's just so sad. Like there's nothing wrong with eating those things. 
But yeah. like I remember eating it and I'm like, oh, this tastes just like macaroni and cheese. Like, no, Eleni, it didn't. It was disgusting. It didn't. <laughs> it was you were just gross. Trying to tell yourself that. And I get it. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with, you know, picking foods and things that are more nutrient dense is what I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also nothing wrong with eating full fat, full sugar, you know, the real deal. And as a matter of fact, I highly recommend it unless you're allergic to something or, yeah. you know, have some sensitivity. But but yeah, I'm really excited. This is the second time I've actually run this coaching program. Um, so yes, it's a six week program and we meet once a week for an hour. It's all virtual and we're going to be covering all of the things. So it's kind of like your I call it like a breaking up with diet culture starter course, because we're going to go through, we're going to talk a little bit about intuitive eating. We're going to talk a lot about diet culture. We're going to talk about health at every size. We're going to talk about joyful movement, exercise modifications. We're going to get into body image training. We're going to talk about positive affirmations, self-care, so many things. Um, But I keep the group very small, only 10 people or less. And you get an opportunity to ask questions. There'll be little you know, cool assignments to kind of work on and things to reflect on after each session. And then you also get a 30 minute one-on-one session with me where we get into all the things. And I try to make sure your specific questions are answered um, and included in the training, or at least something that I can provide you with, um, you know, a one as a one-off on your own. So I'm excited. It's always, I love working with people one-on-one because I get to get you know, deep and down to the nitty gritty details. But working in a small group is great because you get to learn from other people. And, um, you know, kind of see that like you're not alone, like we're all in this struggle together. And so we can kind of support one another and encourage one another and share our stories as much as, you know, people feel comfortable. Um, I find that there's a lot of healing in that. So community is so important because it reminds us that like we're not alone. Um, And so who would you recommend this course for? That's a great question. And you know, what's funny is I've had a few discovery calls and I'm like, oh, I want you in this coaching group, but this is actually not for you. (laughs) So I try to be very honest about that. Um, This call is for someone who is a little newer to the idea Mm. of like fitness outside of diet culture or fitness outside of weight loss. If you've been studying intuitive eating for a long time and you know, you just need some help with like body image, or you just need a little bit of help with movement, then you're a candidate for like a one-on-one coaching because you need specifics. But this is really for someone who is like kind of at the point where like, okay, I've been dieting and I'm fed up with it. I I don't feel like it's working. You might still be thinking like, maybe there is a diet out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> so um, it's for the person who's kind of a newbie in the world of anti-diet stuff. And they're wanting to get a firm foundation to plant their feet on so that they can continue to grow in understanding what health and wellness and fitness look like outside of the influence of diet culture. So it's a good overview of all of the foundational pieces. And then again, we get deeper, you know, with like one-on-one or more trainings and other, you know, courses and things, but this is a great foundational course, I would say for someone who's newer to that, that idea that exercise is not, doesn't have to be for weight loss or getting fat doesn't mean I'm losing health. Like it's just, it's like the light bulbs are just starting to go off. I think that's the ideal person for this course. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. So it's like for people who are curious. Yeah. It's like you're uh, anti-diet curious. (laughs) Like, what does this thing mean? What are you talking about? Anti-diet, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. That's so exciting. And so we will have all of the links in the show notes. 
Um, and I believe you have a little coupon for the listeners. I do. And I'm actually, because I love you, I'm giving you a different coupon. So um, <laughs> I'm going to do, the course is $749, um, but I want your listeners to have the code VIP10 or VIP, the number 10. Um, and that's going to give them $100 off. So that makes it that's $649. So nice. Thank you so yeah, much. for the six weeks, because, you know, I just want to help as many people as I can and make it as accessible as possible for people. So um, it's, I think a good deal at that price. You're going to get a lot of information. um, And yeah, I think it's going to be great. So I'm really excited about it. So we'll have all of the info of the link and the promo code and everything um, in the show notes. So you guys don't have to remember, you could just go and check it out. Um, And of course, we will link Dr. Lisa's social media, your Instagram. That's where you mostly are, right? Yeah, that's where I live. I enjoy Instagram. So find me there. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good place usually when you have the right community I follow people like you and other people in this community and it makes social media fun as opposed to like depressing so yeah it does I've definitely curated my feed appropriately so okay. I see a lot of you I'm glad I see that you know it shows you like the same people um yes but it, I think it's 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 a powerful tool and it's really helped so many people like I would have never met you if it wasn't for Instagram I know most of these listeners I wouldn't have you know been encountered with if I haven't had uh Instagram or social media as well um so thank you so much for coming on I hope to have you you back yes always anytime Maybe for the holiday special, which um yeah, yeah I'm pre-planning because for the for the listeners I do um which if you're a, a listener for a long time I do a twelve days of Christmas special. Oh, I love um, it. In honor of my grandmother, because we used to do something special during the holidays together. So I figured it's like a way to really drown out the diet culture noise. So for the 12 days of Christmas, we release a new episode every day, which is really cool. So we'll have I to love get that. you on the schedule for that. Yes. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes of the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast, please consider giving me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. It really helps me in my small business, and I really appreciate it. So thank you guys again, and I will see you guys next week.